You're listening to the story of your life with Nick Jaina on X-Ray FM. This week's conversations are with a French woman living in Bogota, Colombia, a musician from Nashville, Tennessee, a welder and mother of two in Denver, Colorado, musician on tour in Perth, Australia, the most isolated city in the world. I decided, oh, the coincidence is good enough to be followed, or just like, no, it's my imagination. Being being amused is there's a lot of responsibility. 
responsibility with that, but then I think there's also, yeah, there's something, there's something that confirms one's own actions in life to be like, okay, well, this inspires art, so, yes, there is some sort of, some sort of emotion or passion there that needed to be dealt with. I guess we're not boring people. Now, I do know that I've ruined quite a few people's lives by inspiring them. I hope that I've made some people's better. But I would say mostly, um, it's, it's a double-edged sword inspiring people. You know, it can bite you in the ass. And it can be like, yeah, you know. Like, um, and the other thing is, is when you inspire somebody, you usually inspire them with something you already know. So when they give back what you already learned that you sort of like lent to them, um, it's not as exciting for you, you know. So it's, it's, a, it's a thrill if it vibes in some way, but when they come back, uh, that can be anything from, uh, how many levels of that are there? Endless. through so 
I never paint my pinkies because I never paint my pink my pinkies because it makes it you look like a cokehead. I always paint these ones because at least it makes it look like you smoke cigarettes. Well, the pinkies, the pinky nails, the coke nail. so you should try it at least once. My grandfather built his house uh, less than a mile from the house he was born in. But pretty much, I mean, until he was in his 50s, he had never left, like, the 20-mile radius of... I mean, I think he had to go work in the north of the state for a week once or something. I don't know where the disease for, like... Uh,
like that would be like the worst possible idea, and probably it is, but I um but being in a town that that wasn't I don't know, there was something about it. It was like um it didn't um because I think it's because I was I've, I've been so against it in ways that it hasn't defined me, you know. There was no external things to grab that would shape me. Yeah. Um, it, 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 all, it was all had to be done within myself. Yet I, had, I do, I did have a good community around if I needed to. I don't know, just have a beer with somebody and talk shop. You know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um. So that's like, I mean, in my, my previous dream was always like Dillon, Montana, or like, you know, somewhere really ridiculously remote where it's nothing but a bunch of guys who would probably want to kick my ass if they talked to me for half an hour. And women who I just had, you know, just didn't, no, no interest in whatsoever. Um, with Arabic I found that like the way they construct the language the way they perceive like connection relationship to people to nature to death you can find very different like 
you can find it in language. Yeah. But that's an extreme look. I think from Spanish to English, it's very close because it's still like Occidental kind of roots. I crossed a barrier, I think. Yeah. And language helped me a lot through that. And just being free, exactly. Like being free in the language. And you know, no one is judging you except yourself. Yeah. And you realize it. I was very shy in French, for instance, like I couldn't speak in public. Since I had to you know, learn English and I became, like since I knew how to like speak in a foreign language in a foreign country, I kind of get some kind of pride from it. Mm -hmm. And it helped me, you know, now I have no problem to speak in English, like in, a, in front of a larger audience. I, mm -hmm. I did like classes, I, no problem, like, I crossed a barrier, I think. There's so many um, words in English that were borrowed from French that probably seem like they would be hard to pronounce them the English way, you know? Uh -huh. like government and environment, <laughs> like, they just sound so much better in French. <laughs> Gouvernement. Yeah. <laughs> government. Gouvernement. Environment. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. <laughs> it's so much better. Bureaucracy. Isn't that weird when you have to learn an English word that's basically a French word and you have to say it? Rendezvous. <laughs> Déjà vu. <So> play. <laughs> that's funny. You like sailing? You like being in the water? Being in a boat? You like dancing? You do. Have you read the Have you read the story, um, the Little Heidelberg? You should look it up. You should read it in Spanish. I, I'm really curious what it would be like in Spanish. It's, it's one of my favorite short stories ever. I'd go so far as to say, I love that short story. And I think it takes place in Colombia. And it's about dancing and it's about sailing. It's about a sea captain that's a dancer. And how he, he dances this lady like she's a boat. Maybe I told you this story, did I? He like guides her around like she's this big barge of a woman, like, like the sea captain, but he's Norwegian or he's some Scandinavian speaking dude and nobody ever uh, nobody ever can understand him so he's been stuck kind of somehow he's been stuck in this mountain town there's a little dance bar called the little heidelberg um in the mountains of columbia and they have like german strudel and they have uh like a tango band and or not tango just a dance band though accordion and uh, and this guy is a really um, he's a really great dancer he's really respected from everyone even though he, he never speaks to anybody and um, he's at the there's there's all this like um, 
politeness to the way that he he asks, and he's always really respectful. But the woman that uh, that he always asks to dance is the, the big lady. I just love the way um, Isabella Ande talks about how he like moves her around the dance floor, like he's guiding a barge through like the Amazon, and um, she's like describes this lady as like having this deep hole and a proud uh, bow and uh, and just like describing her like above and this tall lanky German guy and then there's this also um, this dancer there this tiny tiny chocolatier named Nina Eloisa and she makes she makes chocolate so she comes in and she always smells of chocolate and it's describing all the different people that that come in but uh, there's But the big lady, she never asks anyone to dance. She only abides by like the strict, the strict uh, kind of uh, tradition that's at this part of the little Heidelberg. But anyway, they're 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 waiting for um. They're dancing. The night's going on, and uh, some strangers come in, and they're. Uh, like white, white hair. This gen- two gentlemen and then this lady walk in, or, and they say uh, they order something at the bar um, in in English, and but he can hear them uh, talking, and his ears kind of perk up, and everybody notices that that he notices, and for the first time ever, they hear him go up to these people and speak to them in whatever, Danish or something. And everybody's listening intently, trying to figure out what he could be asking of them. And in English, he asks the one chef that speaks English, the new the English, uh, the chef to ask uh, in Spanish, to translate in Spanish, so through a chain of to English to Spanish, or Dutch to English to Spanish. Um, the chef comes up to Nina Aloisa and says, um, uh, the sea captain wants to know if you will if you will marry him, and uh, and she says, "Don't you think it's a little soon?" And he says, "I've been waiting to ask you for forty years, um, but never could find the words." And and she says, "Yes," and the band strikes up, and they go into this. Um, they start dancing and he starts spinning her and he's so happy and everybody the, the the newcomers are dancing and it's just such a happy affair everyone's spinning everybody around and he's but he's holding this really tiny girl Nina Eloisa he's spinning her and twirling her and twirling her and uh, and dancing her around until slowly she starts to disappear into a waft of chocolate and um Everybody doesn't know if they should keep playing the music because she's disappearing, and he just keeps dancing and hold, until he's holding nothing. But there's just this thick aroma of chocolate in the air, and um, he sits. He, he, he sits down, and he's kind of in a in a bit of a daze, and nobody knows what to do. It's 
a really sad moment. It gets really, yeah, it just gets really dark. And he's sitting there. And the, the, the woman described as the boat for the first time ever uh, comes up and asks him to dance. And, uh, and they dance. And that's the end. And I don't know if he ever actually asks her to marry him or not. I don't even know it, because that's the tricky part about uh, magical realism, is it could have just been a big metaphor. It's actually really nice. I love it. Or he just dances her into the wind and she disappears, but I don't know. This has been the story of your life with Nick Jaina. Today's episode featured music from me and Richie Green, Dustin Hammond, and Stealth Holvin, and conversations with Alexander Duchenne, Bonnie Cherie, Gil Landry, and Stealth Holvin.